0: Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Warp and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, the best in new inventory. Pre owned inventory, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And it makes the buying process a lot easier in terms of your state of mind. Great sales staff, fabulous service department, all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia routes 11 and 15 and Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Our play-by-play call of the day, close to home, a state championship. One, two, three. <laughs> Again, that was at Beard Field uh, early this afternoon. It had to go nine innings, but in the ninth inning, Line Mountain won it and wins the state championship in girls softball. Again, the final was one to nothing. Congratulations to them. As Caller called in earlier in the week and was talking about the fabulous pitcher for line Mountain. one nothing in nine innings. Oh, she's fabulous. All right. Incredible. Yeah, that's Kai Madder, 19 strikeouts. Yeah, I'm not really allowed to talk names because you're like, you do football and basketball. No, I'm still, you know, it goes for every sport when it comes to the high school. So, yeah. But, congratulations. That is awesome. That is awesome. What a great moment. Halifax won the baseball championship, too. Congratulations to them. So,. All right. Um, of course, the playoffs are going on in the NBA. And LeBron James has been a central figure. That's why his team got eliminated, right? He's still a central figure. He's saying that the way the season, the I think, what, the short time between the seasons is contributing to all the injuries we're seeing right now. There have been at least eight All-Stars that have been hurt during the during the postseason. LeBron said, quote, They all didn't want to listen to me about the start of the season. I knew exactly what would happen. I only wanted to protect the well-being of the players, what ultimately is the product and benefit of our game. These injuries isn't just part of the game. It's the lack of pure. Uh, Let's see. A, possibly nine All-Stars have missed playoff games, most in league history. This is the best time of the year for our league and the, and the fans, but missing a ton of our favorite players. It's insane. There's one person that knows their body and how it works all year round. It's me. I speak for the health of all of our players. I hate to see this many injuries this time. Sorry, fans. Wish you guys were seeing all your favorite guys right now. Um. Okay. So it's the short time between seasons, huh? Exactly. How many games did Kawhi Leonard and Kyrie Irving play in the restart? Does anybody know? Mm Hmm. Anybody got a guess? wasn't that many because they were out early 13 13 so from march 7th till the end of august march april may june july august okay six months didn't play a game didn't play a single game not a played a few games here and there to get them, get them in, in back in gear. Then, how far you went in the playoffs? 13 games. Hmm. You know how many LeBron played? 25. Really? So, in the last... So, between March 7th and the start of the season... Which was right around Christmas, the maximum games played by anybody was twenty-five, and that's from two teams. All the teams that are left: Milwaukee, the Nets, Phoenix, Clippers, Sixers, Atlanta. All right. Okay, the Heat made the final. He beat the Celtics in the East. Celtics are long gone. Who did the Lakers beat last year in the in the Western Conference Finals? At Denver. That no, was Denver's Portland. Done. Portland. Yeah. Okay. And okay. Sorry, I'm at a loss here. Giannis. Giannis played what? A dozen games. In six months, Durant didn't play at all. Kyrie played, what, I don't know, 10, 11 games, 12 games? Harden played maybe a dozen? Uh, Let's see, Donovan Mitchell? I mean, what did he play, 10, 8, 10 games? Kawhi played, what, a dozen? Paul George played a dozen? I mean, go through it. This is in six months. Look, from March 7th until the end of August, you didn't play any games. Or to the middle of August. So five months, you didn't play a single game. Zero. He acts like none of us can read. He acts like none of us can. Look, I realize they condensed the schedule this year more to get seventy-two games in. I got that. But do not act like like you played eighty-two games, and the season ended in October, and they made you come back in December after eighty-two grueling games that were played and ended in October. Yeah, there's five months you didn't play a single game zero Stephen Curry didn't play any game until Christmas of course they're not in the playoffs I told you this was going to happen Hey, you told us it was going to happen Kyrie Irving's hurt and how much time did he take off during the season I mean seriously how many games did he play Okay, so like Kawhi, let's take Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard's been out, right? All right. So Kawhi Leonard this year out of 72 games played 52. Wow. Hmm. It's after playing 57 last year in the combined. So let's see, let's go to the playoffs here. Playoffs on the restart you know how many games he played in the restart 11 okay that's one let's go to Kyrie Irving he acts like none of us had had the ability to look stuff up like you know that we just take his word for things I'm not saying that you know that what they do is not difficult of course it's difficult absolutely difficult but at the same time don't act like we're all dumb Kyrie Irving know how many games he played this year? 54 out of 72 okay so now let's see Let's see, we've got Leonard here. All right. Let's see, who's this? Let's see. Playoffs. Let's see, playoffs. He played nine. So from March 7th to Christmas Day, what did they play, like, three games in the restart? Maybe four? He played two of 12 games. Really? Wow. Huh. Let's see. Who else is out? Mike Conley's an all-star. Mike Conley's a heck of a player, too. Always liked Mike Conley. Mike Conley's, you know, a little older now. In, okay? This season, out of 72 games, he played 51. Played 47 the year before. When he plays, he's he is a difference maker. Let's see. You know how many games he played last year in the restart? Five. Wow. Let's see. Let's take another all-star, James Harden, who has that doggone hamstring that's really bothering him. Okay? Let's see. James Harden... This season played a total of forty-four games between Brooklyn and Houston. Last year he played sixty-eight. Let's see. How many games he played in the playoffs? Up seven. No, see that's this year. He played twelve last year. A dozen. So he probably had in what four regular season games. So he played sixteen games. From March seventh to Christmas he played sixteen games. Hmm. Wow. Now, for somebody like LeBron or Anthony Davis, you know, the turnaround, because you know, you know, they're tough, ruling. I got it. The turnaround's not easy. Okay. Let's see. Who else has been out? You know, obviously, Embiid's been hurt, but he's played hurt. Let's see. Who else has been out? I'm trying to think. I mean, obviously, Anthony Davis was out. So he'd be one of the. All stars out. We know Durant didn't play at all last year. Anybody else? That you can think of that's out? Conley's out. Chris Paul's out because of COVID, but Yeah, but that's that's a different that's yeah. that's that's d they'll update him Saturday. Anybody else? I'm trying to think. Because Anthony Davis obviously would be one. Now Anthony Davis played a lot of basketball. Last fall because like LeBron they went you know they won the championship, thus they were in the finals. But Davis only played thirty six games this year. Total. Playoffs? Last year they played twenty one playoff games last year. So they played twenty five games. Now there was no travel. Remember, there was no travel either. But so the figures in there with LeBron, with Davis, you know, the number of games that they played. is there anybody else? Arden's been hurt, Irving's been hurt. I mean, Irving played nine games. Oh my God. And then in the regular season missed 20. All right, he missed 20 in the regular season. And which which games was he out where he was hurt? And which games was he out because of personal reasons? I mean, come on. Too bad you don't get to see all your faves? Sometimes things just happen. But the restart? The restart? You go from March 7th into into August, and you don't play at all. Five months. Zero. Not have a few warm-up games like a preseason in a lot of ways, boom, and then you get to the playoffs. Irving played nine playoff games. Harden played a dozen. Kawhi played eleven. No offense, I mean, again, LeBron's the kind of guy that that if he can if he can make it, he under. I've always praised among many elements of his game. I've always praised many elements of his game, and I've always praised the fact that if he's not hurt, he plays. Better phrased, if he's not injured, he plays. Because he's played hurt. But if he's not injured, he plays. He's always been like that. Uh, a lot of these guys I just mentioned aren't like that. Kawhi Leonard played, uh, misses games when he is not hurt Kyrie Irving misses games when he is not hurt now they're hurt okay maybe they're hurt from a lack of work how about that you ever think of that you know someone should save that tweet from LeBron and then when he wants, to, and then when he wants to sit out for load management or anybody does for that matter, someone should bring that tweet back up, and say, "Hey, we're missing your. Sorry for you're missing your faves." Because I think that's what the problem is here. Because you have guys taking load management; their bodies aren't used to playing that. Somebody games, and when they get into this rigorous right. schedule, that's what happens. Exactly. That, that's exactly my point. That's exactly my point they get so much time off in such a way that when they have to get into the grind of having to go 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 their body can't take it because i right? it's i don't know i uh, it's look lebron does not sit out for load management so let's be i want to be fair about this that that's not him he doesn't do that you're right that's true okay so he is not i'm saying if lebron is hurt he plays. LeBron only doesn't play when he's injured. There's a big difference between hurt and injured. If he's hurt, he'll still play. If he's injured, he won't. Nobody should play when they're injured. I mean, he tries to log a lot of a lot of time. I had somebody suggest to me today, hey, you think Kyrie Irving's gonna be on the Olympic team. I'm like <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Really? No. That's not happening. All right, back with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. We'll, we'll get back up. I mean, we'll, we'll be back here for Game 7. I, I believe that. We have made this hard on ourselves. We have to own up to that, all of us. And then we have to get up and be ready for the next game. And it's going to be a crazy atmosphere. Good. We'll be ready for it. <laughs> Yeah, being booed by your own fans as you go onto the floor, that would be really a lot of fun. But maybe they ought to come out and Santa Claus out. Oh, that's right, they'd boo him too. All right,
1: let's not bring Santa Claus back into this. That Why? was it's, all warranted for, last night.
0: It—it's your rep. It's your rep. It's your rep. It's a bad rep. It's a bad rep. I mean, you're, you're booing the big guy. <laughs> he brings gifts, you boo him. I mean, my goodness. What kind of fan base are you? That's the jolly old elf. You can't poo-poo it. You can't. It's a problem. Maybe Ben Simmons should come out of Santa... Oh, that's right. That's right. They Boom. Uh, Yeah, no. Let's see... He's going to have to do a whole lot more than that. Maybe the ceremonial jump should be handled by Nick Foles. (laughs) I'm just trying to think of any Philadelphia individual that's popular. They're popular everywhere else. Everybody else, they love Bryce Harper everywhere else. Mike Schmidt they love. But in the confines of the city... Huh, okay. That's... (laughs) Well, I guess if I had a city that had two NBA titles that's been around forever, two Stanley Cups that's been around for over 50 years, two World Series that have been around for 150 years, and four NFL titles most three before most of you were even born yeah in 101 years I guess I'd be booing the thing too Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors Guarantee, all at Sunbury Motors 4th Street and Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. It's the uh, longest-running weekly radio golf show in the country on radio, and that is hosted by our good friend Jerry Dulac. Welcome back. It's great to hear you, my friend.
1: Steve, always good chatting with you, and I only wish I was chatting with you from La Jolla, California, Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. I'm in Pittsburgh, but I'm getting ready to do my uh, show tonight. But I'm going to go live out to La Jolla and talk to some people out there about the first round of the U.S. Open.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. This is one of those courses. I'll go back a few years ago when uh, Phil Mickelson beat Paul Casey at the at t at Pebble Beach. And the U.S. Open was going to be held at Pebble Beach that year. Someone asked him in the, in the presser, you know, does this help prepare you for the U.S. Open? He says the course is going to be. He says you know it's going to be unrecognizable by the time right, we play right. it again, right? They play the farmers here all the time. Is that about the same story? The farmers at Tory Pines then to today. How unrecognizable is Tory Pines compared to the farmers?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure it's as uh, uh, disparate as it is at Pebble, because when they play at Pebble, you know they play the pro am so they don't make the course setup too, too difficult because the amateurs would be out there all day. You know, I mean, even for a regulatory event. So they they cut the rough down even more so. So when they get the pebble for the U.S. Open, yes, it is drastically different. Uh, The rough is thicker here. The fairways are a little bit more narrow. But the last couple years in getting ready for the U.S. Open, they've toughened Tory Pines. Uh, You know, the guys haven't really been eating it up when they play in, in the farmers which used to be the old the Buick Open I believe it was. So um, it's different there's no question and and to think that because you won on it before means you can again. Um, you know it just because you did doesn't mean that's the case. It has to give you some amount of familiarity and some good vibes uh, but the golf course is different and um, you know obviously Patrick Reed won there in February. Uh, the last guy to win a PGA full event manager on the same course in the same year was, ironically, Tiger Woods in 2008, right there at Torrey right. Barnes.
0: Exactly. Uh, from Mike Davis, this is the last go-around. Right. Uh, what has his impact been on the sport, but also what has his impact been, been in terms of course setup at Open Courses?
1: Yeah, he. Uh, you know, I'm a big Mike Davis fan. I like him personally, um, and, uh, you know, he's been a, a frequent guest on the show, and he's he's a great guy, and he's done, to me, he somewhat brought the USGA into the 21st century when they seemed to be stuck in the 18th century. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's going to be Mike Davis's greatest accomplishment. He also was the guy who made the U.S. Open course setups, more fair they're difficult but you don't hear guys complaining and grumbling like you did before Um, and so when Mike came along and took care of that all of a sudden the players applauded what he did and uh, in terms of the setup and so that is probably the thing that he will be most remembered for uh, in terms of you know his legacy with the USGA but he was very progressive and and much like Billy Payne at Augusta National, uh, you know, bringing the Masters, uh, you know, into the 21st century with digital and 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 everything else and with the telecast, um, Mike Davis, uh, greatly responsible for doing the same thing for the USGA. I put him on the same par with Billy Payne's impact at the Masters.
0: When we talked about the Masters when you were with us back in April. It is the one course, because they don't laser it, that there's no green book for. Rory McIlroy was asked about it earlier this week, about using green books. And he says, look, I use it. He says, but he'd like to see them go away from it. What is your opinion on the pros using green books?
1: Uh, Steve, I have railed against this for uh, a while. Uh, I think they should have been banned. Um, to me, they are more responsible for slowing up play. And if you would eliminate them, you know they let the they let the players uh, use the range finders at the PGA yes. in an attempt to uh, improve the pace of play. And most of the players said it won't improve the pace because it's not going to slow it down. But they're still going to rely on their regular yardage. But where you see time being wasted is on the putting greens and just studying. Mm-hmm. Those those green books and oftentimes getting confused by um, you know what they are looking at. Um, you know Jordan Spieth has been against them for a while as well. And you know Jordan Spieth, one of his greatest qualities is his ability to read greens. Now does he use the green book? Yeah, for supplemental information. But to me, it takes that skill and it is a skill reading greens out of the game when you have the green books. And so to eliminate them. Uh, put some some skill back in the game, and to me, it'll put some speed back in the pace of play. Um, I'm, I've never been a big fan of them, and I'm glad to see that they're going to uh, eventually ban them.
0: Yeah, I, look, I'm all for any information you can get when you're preparing for something. I'm all for it. But to me, we can't take the instinct... Or the feel for whatever it's sport it is out of it, because I think that's part of what makes sports great. How do you feel about that?
1: I, I couldn't agree with you more, Steve. And and, and you know, John Daly, my, you know, his agent is a friend of mine. He's a Pittsburgh guy, and he would always tell me that anything inside one hundred and fifty, John Daly would always say it's a feel shot. Um, yeah. You know, and, and and but that that is part of the game it's the feel it's the instinct i mean you can go you can use the numbers all you want but you know and it and it does help you give you information in terms of club fitting and how far a ball is going to fly but still when you get out on a golf course it's all about feel and instinct just as it is in most sports the great players all play with feel and instinct there's no doubt about it but you know football whichever sport you want to choose so um i i agree with you and and i think um you know, so much of the skill because of equipment and technology has been taken out of the uh, out of the sport of golf, um, and, and so to me, put, bringing back an element that is that is pure and it, you know relies on some measure of skill, uh, I'm all for it. Um, so I you know I I applaud it 100, percent and I can't wait to see. T- I can't wait till they do away with them. To be honest.
0: Right now, uh, on on the board, a guy like Matthew Wolf, you know Fitzpatrick, they're there. But Brooks Kepka's is also there. And right. let's not forget that at the PGA, he was the runner up, which means he played well enough to be in that position. He put himself in a position where the other guy just beat him. Why does Kepka seem to thrive on tougher assignments?
1: Um, Steve, let me back up one second and say one more thing about the green books, because no, I please, wanted to make please. this point earlier when we were talking please. about information. What blows my mind on the PGA Tour with all the information they have, with their ability, allegedly, to read greens, with a caddy whose ability typically they hope can read greens, and with a greens book to tell them the breaks and the angles and, and the uh, you know the whether uphill, downhill, whatever the case may be, um, the angle of descent. How badly PGA Tour players miss putts. I mean, it blows my mind how many times I see putts not even have a chance, and yet they're looking at these greens book. Uh, And and so to me, that's where they get confused. Now, as for Kepka, it you know, there's something internally with this guy. He knows it. He admits it. Um, You know, it's just a little different when he gets to a major championship, and when he gets on that leaderboard early. Steve, look out. He doesn't let go, and when he's—I think that when the rest of the field sees him there in the first round, at or near the top, I—but you know, all of them, it's you know, there's a tiger-like feeling. Then, like Rutrow, when he's there, he ain't backing down, and uh, you know, he's played well uh, at the PGA. He's been playing well. Uh, He's he's first, first, and second in his last three U.S. Opens. Um, You know, he's a U.S. Open player. And that rough, you know, he's so strong. He, Shambo, hey, a lot of these tour guys get through this rough like you can't believe, but especially a guy like Kepka, especially a guy like DeChambeau. That rough's not going to bother him. Oh, he may get a real nasty one, but all in all, it's not going to affect him. And that's why even like um, you know, his game plan is he's still just going to bomb it. And yeah. uh, because if the rough's going to be there, well, he'd rather come out of the rough with a wedge than a seven or six iron, if the case may be. So um, and and Kepka is basically the the same, although I think Kepka is a is a, um, is a more accurate driver of the ball than than, than So um, yeah, I, it, it's hard to explain why he can't fully explain it, but he knows there's just something different when he gets uh, when he goes from a regulatory event to a major.
0: Part of anchor putting when it was in in allowed to happen was it really took away the yips in terms of, like, you know, the hand, it steadied you a little bit. But now they've got this way of doing it, and DeChambeau is one of them, where they've got it, like, tucked in there in such a way. Is that something they need to take a look at?
1: Well, you know, Steve, there are some of the guys on tour, you know, quietly talk about that. And, you know, some of the analysts – Talk about that as well, including Paul Azinger and Brandel Shambly. Brandel Shambly was on the show with me last week, actually, and and you know that putter is is you know quote anchored against their left arm and and almost tucked in with its with the elbow. So you know I you start getting a little nitpicky with some of that. I don't yeah. know. I mean, but to me, when you see the guys, even like Bernhard Longer and, and the guys on the Champions Tour putting. With the you know the same type of motion almost with the anchor putter with the anchor to putter you know up against their chest and they hold it you know they hold their hand away from the sternum. I mean you know you know darn well those guys and they grumble about the guys on the Champions tour still think that that's an illegal move and it's something has to be done about it. Um, I, I'm not as appalled by by what uh, uh, Kuchar does and what the Shambo does but I get their point uh, you know if you're going to ban anchor then ban anchor and if you consider that being anchored okay um, but you know I don't know that they'll do something about it but we'll, we shall see
0: I have to ask you a quick Steelers question Matt Canada after five months finally had an opportunity to talk with the media right? and basically said hey look you know uh, it's kind of like whatever Ben likes or whatever fits Ben That's one of the directions uh, he wants to go in with that. What did you think of his first press conference?
1: I I think people overreacted to what he said. I mean, I think they thought, oh, Ben's just going to do whatever he wants and he's out of control. (laughs) No. Uh, You know, Ben Roethlisberger is an 18-year veteran who's been to three Super Bowls. Of course he is going to control that offense. Of course he is going to call the plays, and of course he is going to audible. But... You know, Steve, Ben's no dummy. He wants to win. And if he can run the ball, he's going to run the ball. When he right. threw it so many times last year, even though they were winning, it's because he knows they couldn't run the ball. But now if he's able to run the ball, do you think Ben wants to throw it 35, 45 times a game? These people who think, oh, he wants to pad his stats. no That's the furthest thing from the truth. And right. so, um, you know, will he be in charge of the offense? Yeah. Is Matt Canada... You know, is he going to script some plays uh, that he likes? Yeah, but he's not going to script plays that maybe Ben isn't comfortable with. No offensive coordinator does that with a veteran quarterback. And, you know, Matt Canada, I, I think in, in addition to saying all the right things, I think he knows. You know, he's, he's a first-year coordinator in the NFL, and he's only been in the NFL one year. And Ben has had success for 18 years in the NFL. So he's not going to sit there and tell Ben Roethlisberger what to do. And when you talk about feel and instinct, Steve, that's the yep. way Ben Roethlisberger plays. And so they're not going to take that away from him by telling him, look, you're going to do this, and you're going to get under center, and you're going to hand the ball off, and you're going to be a robot. No, they, they want that. They just might as well put Mason Rudolph in there. But right. so, I mean, yeah, it's Ben's team. It's Ben's offense, and they're going to – you know, is he just gonna sit there and throw it like he did last year? No. Because they will run the ball. And and, and, and he knows that and, and he was told that. He's fairly he's comfortable with that. He has no issues with that whatsoever.
0: The bottom line is we talked about feel and instinct. Part of being a really good coach and feel of instinct is that you know what your quarterback does well and doesn't do well, and you also have a good feel for the personnel around I mean you take advantage of it. That's part of being a coordinator.
1: That's that's, and, and that's part of being, uh, you know, the, the um, uh, a quarterback who knows his personnel and the yep. coach who knows he knows it. And you're 100% right. Uh, Matt Cannon is not going to come in and say, we're doing this. But uh, the biggest thing that you might not be noticeable to the naked eye, but I see it right away, is the change in their, in their blocking schemes up front. And that's going to yep. be a big key. But in terms of what Ben has to do beyond handing it off, in terms of throwing it, the route trees and everything else, you know, there's going to be, there's going to be pre-snap shifts in motion. And, but, but in terms of what he needs to do throwing the ball, that's not going to change. They're not going to take away what he does best. He's their star. He's the reason why they pay him $100 million. He's the focal point of that team. He's their best player. They want him doing what he does best. But now you give him the opportunity to run the ball with Najee Harris, change what you do up front, change your, change your scheme, change your technique all of a sudden now it should make that offense even better, and it should make Ben Roethlisberger even more efficient.
0: My friend, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Have a great show tonight, by the way.
1: Steve, thanks, and it's always good catching up with you, my friend.
0: Jerry Dulac joining us. Always great to have him on the show. Always great. Uh, talking U.S. Open, talking about... Steelers, anything, anytime. It's even better seeing him in person, believe me. A great family and just a great guy to be around. He's just a lot of fun. Wow, the Yankees made a trade, huh? See this, Matt? Yeah, whoopee. <laughs> Mike Ford goes to the Rays for cash and a player to be him later. Cool. Cool. See, I try to do things that make you happy. Nothing makes you happy. Nothing. Oh, my almighty! Sums it up. Back, and we'll wrap it up in a moment on News Radio 1070 WKOK. All right. Let's see here. Let's get to the naive award of the day. <laughs> this is one of the greatest quotes I've ever seen. Right? The Chicago Bears, and this goes back to a story that we talked about, um, boo-boo. what two months ago, about the Bears possibly leaving downtown Chicago to go to Arlington Heights, where the racetrack is. Uh, it's about thirty miles from um, Chicago. So the Bears did submit a bid to buy the Arlington International Racecourse property, which, by the way, is owned by Churchill Downs Incorporated, and Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Of Chicago. Now, naturally, is saying that look, you know, the bear, you know, the bears aren't going to leave. But then she made this statement, and the NFL wouldn't make them, wouldn't make them leave, huh? <laughs> Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. <laughs> so the New York Giants and the New York Jets are in New York City. Oh no, they're in New Jersey. The Dallas Cowboys are in Arlington. The Rams and Chargers are in Inglewood. They're not in downtown Los Angeles. The Miami Dolphins are in Miami Gardens. The Washington football team plays in Maryland. <laughs> are you kidding me? The NFL wouldn't allow that to happen. Ground control, the to major Tom. What's going on here? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I saw that and I thought, yeah, I could see the first part, hey, we're going to do everything we can to make sure it doesn't happen. That, I'm gonna, any mayor should say that. But the second part? But the NFL wouldn't allow the Chicago. Yes, they would. <laughs> if they If they sat there and thought they could get more money out of it, <laughs> they'd do it in a heartbeat. <laughs> Luxury suites. The whole deal. <laughs> I mean, could you believe that when that statement was made? I said Becca went, What the heck are you talking about? <laughs> the NFL wouldn't allow it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's just like one of those wow moments. Like, really? The three largest cities in the in the country, and the Bears are the only ones to actually play in the city limits. The other four do not. How about that? I read that to you off the air. You couldn't stop laughing.